So today we've got Dr. Apurva Palam ready. She's a gynecologist and fertility specialist here in Jayanagar, Bangalore. I'm really excited to have you on this episode. I think there's a lot that we can cover. Hey, hi, Divya. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be a part of the show. So let's just get right into it. Mm -hmm. So as a gynecologist, I'm sure you meet a lot of patients, women and men who come to you with a multitude of problems. Mm -hmm. What is the most common thing that they come to you about? Um, honestly, I think um, couples these days um, don't really come to us with, you know, just general health queries. We have a lot of uh, sexual related queries as well that's coming. Probably 10 years ago, it was like, you know, someone had a major problem, you know, either they wanted to get pregnant or they, uh, you know, didn't want to get pregnant. That was their only concerns. But we do see a lot of couples coming these days, uh, you know, they're getting married and how to kind of proceed afterwards. You know, we call this as a general reproductive health or sexual health. Um, as to how many times they can actually be together or have sex and in case if they don't want to get pregnant how do they avoid it or if they feel that whatever they're doing is it right or wrong uh, to have all these notions yes we do see uh, couples walking in and um, asking us about their sexual journeys I'm really glad to know that so many people are starting to do that now because like you said initially it was just couples I want to have a kid now I need yes. to go to a fertility specialist a gynecologist and that yeah. was all that there was but I think off late also what I've seen is say a lot of young couples have been reading a lot of articles about how say from the first night to mm -hmm. begin with I just read an article where they said most young couples who are having sex for the first time after they get married end up in the hospitals mm -hmm. and why does that usually happen so we, we already have a lot of standards that have been established for us either by the media or, uh, you know, the porn industry. Yes. So uh, you, you don't have a sense of uh, realistic understanding. And I'm sure um, either their seniors or friends who have already been in that space are not really giving them, you know, realistic advice as to that it is possible that almost about 30% of the couples actually cannot have penetrative sex on the first day uh, of their trying, you know, because the hymen is a little too tight mm. or, you know, they're a little apprehensive. So we don't need to go into it with so much expectations. And probably when something like that doesn't happen, uh, they end up trying really different uh, stuff. You know, we've, we've seen uh, couples wherein... Uh, Inside the vagina, there have been objects that have been placed wow. and, uh, you know, they've not been able to remove. And then that's when they uh, actually come down to the ER in a state of panic. So, yes, these, these unrealistic expectations are the ones that need to uh, really come down. And yes, it's, it's good for them to actually have a discussion probably with their gynecologist or any healthcare expert to uh, know what they are expecting uh, right. out of their uh, first night mm. and as a couple you know open up to each other and you know have uh, a non-judgmental conversation as to what they would want their special night to be like 
Yeah, and I think setting the right sort of expectations, like mm-hmm. you said, I think people are so influenced by either what they've watched either on porn sites or in movies as well. I think sure. it's built out to be something else that it's <laughs> realistically not at all. Right. So I think it's great that you said that they should meet with a gynecologist again mm-hmm. as a reminder because they'll be able to tell you how to go about that process and it, that Yeah, I mean it it actually turns out, you know, they can have a much more open conversation between each other with a third person being mm-hmm. there and you know I I've, I've sometimes just remained mute during the entire consult and just heard the wife and husband talk to each other and then they're like, "Okay, thank you, doc." Like, I'm not <laughs> sure what I did there, but I'm glad uh, you know you're you're in a much but better space right now. So yeah, I I guess that's that's all they need. Okay so if you guys any of you are still young couples planning to get married soon don't really know what to do we definitely highly recommend seeing your gynecologist again it sort of sets the tone helps you enjoy that whole experience cuz sure. sex is a great experience and if you're so unsure meeting with a gynecologist is great so i've also heard of a lot of women who struggle with this right so mm-hmm. after that first night or the first time they've ever had sex they've mm-hmm. had such a bad experience mm-hmm. that they feel like there's no going back from it and they always underestimate their ability to have good sex or sure. to please their partners sure sure why does that happen so um this is something that what we medically call as vaginismus so this is an involuntary action of the body so it has nothing to do with you as a woman it has nothing to do with how much love you have for your partner or you know even desire that you have for your partner because it is a reflex it's really not in your control So the first time when you have sex or when you've tried sex or any other time you know it can happen actually happen even on the 10th time as well that uh, there's been a severe pain and you know your mind actually registers that pain So the next time when you're actually trying to have sex your mind is trying to protect your body and say that okay no this was really painful last time and you know I don't think you should be doing it and you know it's it's a reflex of the mind trying to protect your body from a pain which might not happen and uh that can be very very traumatic not only for someone who's ever not had sex before but also for someone who's had sex before and you know now suddenly they are in a space where they cannot enjoy it the way that they uh, used to mm-hmm. so uh, this somewhere builds up and obviously uh, the partner would start feeling there is a difference and you know they are not they get into a space wherein they feel that maybe they are not doing something mm-hmm. right and it becomes a really bad vicious circle mm-hmm. not just um in a sexual matter but i think as a holistic way uh, it's going to put in a lot of strain into the relationship when say you see a couple like that would you mm-hmm. recommend they come to you and see a therapist a lot of the times or do you think just coming to you and once they understand okay it's not uh it's not me as a person creating that problem is that enough and do a lot of women after that sort of get over it right so it it always depends on the degree of vaginismus that they are having okay. so yes counseling does help most women and you know just the fact probably that you know a, a gynecologist is checking them physically and mm. saying that okay everything is absolutely fine uh, you are physically perfect and you don't have any concerns uh, regarding you know having sex mm. because the first time they can't have sex they get into the space thinking that okay you know I'm maybe I just can never do mm. it so uh, just us giving them that physical assurance that things are all right is going to put them in a better frame of mind mm. 
so we do have couples who probably come back after a couple of months and say that you know they've been able to successfully have sex or consummate uh, their relationship but again there are other ways where it you know you use dilators and mm. sometimes we use muscle relaxants like botox so depending on the severity okay. is when we uh, take it up now someone who's had sexual abuse in the past mm. or you know has been in bad relationships in the past so for them who are already um, in a fragile frame of mind for them yes definitely we would recommend counseling as well um and everything would go hand in hand so off late i've also been reading articles where it says that young couples and couples in generally just have a lot less sex especially post them getting married mm-hmm. why do you think that happens <laughs> so i'm i'm a little biased in this and you know i'm 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 sure i'm going to get a lot of flack uh, for actually saying this um i feel ki that these days the age of the first sex or intercourse uh, or intimacy has actually gone down tremendously as compared to what it was in the past uh the levels of stress that you actually have once you start a family and once you are in the entire uh you know grind of it mm. is going to be completely different from what um you know you had when you were in college and probably the responsibilities that you had were pretty less mm. and the number of submissions that you had to do probably for your hr were you know very minimal or meager <laughs> so uh yes that is definitely um an aspect you know sometimes we i've seen couples who've been in a relationship for over 10 years and you know have been married now for a couple of years mm. and now suddenly feel that there isn't anything new really to explore mm-hmm. and uh that's when you know you actually start seeing their sexual drive going down they start investing their energy into different aspects they are effectively looking at uh planning pregnancy as uh you know a different alternative uh, as compared to actually focusing on their sexual life mm-hmm. and and i keep telling all my patients this that people who are actually trying to get pregnant have lesser chances of getting pregnant as compared to people who are not trying to get pregnant <laughs> because they are uh, you know in the moment they are having a good time they are not stressed and uh, there are more possibilities of the female partner actually achieving an orgasm when they're not trying to get pregnant as compared to when they are planning for pregnancy you know you tell your husband today is my ovulation <laughs> and then true. you see how that's going to really uh, work uh so that's that's uh, a concern that most people always have you know the husband's come and tell me that doc please don't tell us the date <laughs> <laughs> and the wife is like you know doc you have to tell us the date uh so that pressure in itself uh yes that i think that's one part which was really true in the good news ka movie wherein the the pressure is uh, real and again the female partner probably is focusing more on the fact that the entire sperm stays inside mm-hmm. and yeah. use different positions to kind of maintain it as compared to actually having an orgasm now let me tell to all the women out there when you have an orgasm your body goes into a state of spasm and the uterus actually goes into a state of contractions as well which is extremely useful for the sperms to be sucked into the body and have um, you know high chances of pregnancy uh, as well so it really doesn't uh, mean that you know just because 
you're planning for pregnancy if your husband ejaculates or if he comes that's enough and uh, you don't need to be uh, a part of it mm. so it's an equal yes process yes. where Absolutely. both partners Absolutely. need to be in that state of mind as well to make it as successful so i think another thing that i want us to get into and a lot of people have questions about is what is too little sex what is too much sex aren't there health benefits to having sex regularly as well so from a gynecologist point of view <laughs> should i be having less sex more sex and why I think you should be doing whatever is comfortable for you and whatever is the frequency that you feel you know you're comfortable at that given point like for example when you're actually ovulating you do uh, have a stronger sexual desire and I have known friends you know who have higher sexual desire when they're in their periods so it is very different from person to person so however you are comfortable with I think uh, that should be a precedent that should be set by yourself alone and not anyone else um as long as it's not really disrupting your regular life or your work life i think anything um, you know with which you are able to kind of do all your other activities as well uh, the frequency should be uh, dependent on how you are for example if you're quitting work or you know in case you're you're taking too many leaves and <laughs> yeah you're doing all of that just to have sex then probably it's a good thing to uh, you know meet your doctor or go to a therapist because yes uh, sexual addiction mm-hmm. is also um, a reality mm-hmm. and uh, that can be very uh, difficult sometimes as well Okay so like you said it is a personal choice which i think is very important people shouldn't feel like they need to have sex mm-hmm. more or mm-hmm. less mm-hmm. but there are health benefits to having sex right absolutely so can you tap on a couple of reasons why people should have sex as well more sure. often i think i think that's the best way of stress busting ever um you know so physically there is a, a lot of um, you know relief of anxiety or you know tension and you know there is a lot of positive hormones or happy hormones what we call it as you know your serotonin oxytocin a whole lot of these hormones are naturally released in the body during that time you know the amounts that you would probably uh, require you know a couple of cigarettes or uh, you know an alcohol mm. or you know any of the other drugs that are actually being produced by your own body yeah um you know just by indulging in a particular activity so um yes physically there's going to be um much better state of mind as well in case if you are in a healthy sexual relationship mm-hmm. at the same time i think the bonding between you and your partner as a couple is going to be um you know probably in a more stable space mm-hmm. if i may say so you know not taking anything away from the asexual couples or you know the ones that are completely happy uh, in the space that mm. they are in um it definitely gives you a sense of higher attachment with your partner as compared to anyone else in the world at that given point so uh, being in that space of mind uh, with your partner as well i think is um really great i have known a lot of women who feel that because their husband is not sexually active with them or you know not intimate with them you know there is a sense of there's gap that's growing between them okay. and they feel that they're always a little insecure about that mm-hmm. uh, space 
wherein they feel that okay you know maybe my husband is not really uh, attracted to me sexually and you know or maybe he's interested in someone else and and a whole lot of you know that chain of thought that mm. goes in the mind so so yes to have uh, a stable relationship as well i think um, being intimate uh, is important okay no i definitely agree that i mm-hmm. think it brings you a lot closer to your partner sure. you feel a lot closer and when you're intimate i think that bond definitely grows as well mm-hmm. but like you touched on there are a lot of people who are asexual as well so mm-hmm. i think women should not judge themselves and make themselves feel insecure because their partner is Absolutely. not very interested Absolutely. they need to understand that there's a good chance that their spouse is probably asexual sure maybe the spouse is overworking or they have a lot of things going on i think as women unfortunately i think mm-hmm. we base so much of how we feel or how our partner is with us sexually on and it just sort of piles onto our insecurities which i think is is very sure, unfortunate sure. and and that is so true when you said that you know men actually being asexual because you know when i say asexual even in my mind i'm picturing a woman you know that's how um, you know ingrilled our um, Our, our current state of affairs yes. are so um, it becomes very difficult for the guy to actually explain even to his wife mm. that you know he really loves her and everything else but he is just not sexually drawn and and it's difficult for her also to understand that but probably if it was a little the other way round mm. you know in case if the wife were to say that she's asexual or she's not really interested in having sex not many men would probably bat an eyelid Thank they would you. say that uh, yeah you know we we i mean i'm not sure if women are actually supposed to be enjoying sex as well hmm. so um, yeah that's that's where communication i think becomes very very important and very very um, the key factor yeah no for sure i think yeah communication because so much of it just goes unsaid and mm-hmm. even communicating about what your preferences are say in bed as mm-hmm. well right because a lot of times when they don't talk about it as i think when women start facing a lot of issues because sure. of what say either partner has watched and they can either be aggressive and then they end up needing to go to a gynecologist sure. for multiple reasons tears or whatever it may be so yeah communication is very important um i absolutely love talking to you <laughs> it was great i think we've shared a lot of light on just sex and frequency and how it's okay to be asexual and how a lot of what our body does is based on how our mind functions as well and how our history of sex also will affect our relationships overall so i think we've touched on a couple of things i can't wait to have you on the next episode where we will be talking about contraception because that will all lead to you having a more happy sexual life so yeah i hope you guys enjoyed this episode again thank you so much for coming on this one and i will see you guys in the next episode